June 13th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Daf'ayin Daled Amudal. Let's start three lines from the top. The Gemara, a few words onto the line. Begins with a Beraita for our purposes. Did Tanya, as the Beraita teaches, Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul Omer, Rodef Shahya, Rodef Ahar Havero Lehorgof. There's an individual who's racing, literally, running after another, pursuing another in order to kill them. In contrast to the law that we saw on the Mishnah, that you can and perhaps must kill the pursuer when he or she is on their way to kill another. Over here, this circumstance, says Rabbi Yonatan Ben Shaul, presents itself as such that instead of killing the pursuer, you can hurt them, you can damage one of their evarim, one of their limbs, in order to prevent the murder. So that's the circumstance. Instead of having to kill them, you can instead harm them, you can instead take out one of their limbs. In such a circumstance, if you didn't and instead killed the pursuer, and if you didn't in such a circumstance, be matzil in such a way, and instead killed him, you get put to death. What's the reasoning? Again, our understanding is that in general, when there's a vision of a pursuer, you're allowed to kill them in order to save the life, because at all costs we need to save the life. But that's only if all costs is what's necessary. Over here, if all costs is not what's necessary, if instead you could be matzil be'ehad me'evarav, says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, that's your responsibility. It's certainly your responsibility to save the life. But if you can do so in another way, without killing the li- taking the life of the pursuer, and you didn't do so, so then you yourself, ironically, become the, the, the murderer. Says the Gemara, when we ask what's the reasoning, did it be on Atem Ben Shaul? We're not really asking on the reasoning, because I just mentioned to you the reasoning. If you can save the life without taking a life, so of course we want to preserve all lives. Rather, really what we're asking for is what's the source of Rabbi Yonatan What's the reason uh, in reading the Torah that brought him to such an opinion? Dikhtiv, he has the following derasha. We mentioned it on Friday, but it's important to review, especially inside. V'chiyin nasu anashim. So the Pasuk in Parashah Mishpatim describes the following a terrible circumstance. The situation is such that there are yinatsu anashim. Lenasot means to fight. There are two people who are fighting. Literally, two men who are fighting. Continues the pasuk, or to tell us, tells us the Torah, and then a pregnant woman emerges or passes by or is in some way caught in the crossfire of this fight. Now there's one of two things that happens, says the Torah in such a circumstance, with two different types of punishments. If, says the Torah, uh, in the fight, uh, over the course of the fight, one of these men strikes the pregnant woman, and in turn, the babies that were inside of her are aborted, they die, says the Torah, you need to pay for them. In such a circumstance, the husband of the woman will come to court together with that individual and make you pay for them. It's a monetary uh, obligation. Of course, the fetus and the baby is important, and we discussed that in the context of briefly discussing abortion on Dafa'in Beta Mutbet. Over here, the understanding is, with regards to the babies before they've come out, it's not about whether you're allowed to take the life. It's once in a circumstance the person struck them, we see that not as taking a life per se, the head has not protruded yet, we see it instead as damage. In such a circumstance, you're paying damage for the lives of or the status of those babies. That's one circumstance. Alternatively, what if by striking the woman, the woman's life is taken, she dies? 
In such a circumstance, the Torah says, If there's a life lost, if there's a tragedy, Your life as one of the people who's, but I was just fighting with the other person. Certainly I was trying to kill that guy, but by mistake I killed this woman. The understanding is if I was intending to kill one, but instead I killed another one, my intention to kill is sufficient, and I'm liable to death penalty. Those are the two options. Now, from the second option, which the Torah mentioned, we can now step back and understand the circumstance. Because if I were to come to court and say, but I didn't intend to kill, and ah, it's a terrible tragedy that I killed this woman, that would be considered shogig in such a circumstance. I'm not put to death. It's only if I had kadana, I had intention to kill, that I'm put to death. That already clearly portrays to us, says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, that as we envision this fight in the Torah, this is a fight which is what we call a masut shebamita, the Gemara will call it in just a moment. It means their intention is to kill. Again, how do I know the intention is to kill? Because if lo aleno, the pregnant woman's life is taken, my life in turn is taken away from me. That's uh, ABCs of this case. It means that the intention is to kill. Now let me pause for a second and remind you the first law. The first law is if I didn't kill anyone, quote unquote, but the baby's lives are taken, but we're not envisioning the babies prior to them emerging from the mother as full-fledged lives. It's just damage. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? I need to pay. Why do you need to pay? If my intention was to kill the other person that I was fighting with, well, it means then I'm considered a rodef, I'm a pursuer. What's the halakha of a pursuer? What we see in our Mishnah, any person who's pursuing another person, they have, as I described it throughout, a bullseye on their head. They're liable to death penalty. They're a pile of blood which is running through the streets. As a result, they shouldn't be liable to any financial obligations. That's our principle. If you have two punishments in the same moment, liability is only one, the greater one. As a result, questions Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, how do you explain these pesukim in the Torah? Again, the circumstances intention to kill. There's a bullseye on my head. I'm a pile of blood walking. As a result, I shouldn't have any financial liabilities. And yet, says the Torah, if I'm to strike the woman and her babies come out, I have to pay. How do you explain that situation? What's a circumstance in which I would have to pay even though I was a rodef? It's considered rodef, the extent of my intention to kill. That's right. No, he's being overly literal on rodef, that it's pursuing one the other. We're pursuing one another. Chalas, that's good enough with regards to rodef. Says Rabbi Yonatan Ben Sholom, we'll see it right now in the Gemara. It must be it must be that these two people fighting one with the other, anyone who's watching, any person who's able to observe and understand what's taking place over here, can save this situation by taking out the leg of one of them, by breaking the arm of one of them. The fact that the way in which I would have been prevented from killing the other person is not necessarily by taking their life, but it's rather, says I can prove from this, I can suggest that the Torah over here is talking about where my life didn't need to be taken, since my life didn't need to be taken, as a result, there's no bullseye on my head, because there's a bullseye on my leg, a bullseye on my arm, 
alarm, a bullseye on my eye, or whatever it is that would have saved me, on my wallet, whatever it is that would have saved me from taking this other person's life, it's for that reason that I have to pay the damage of the babies if I were to strike the woman and the babies come out. Clearly, says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shul, based on his understanding of the Torah, when it's ifshar lehatzil be'had nitan lehatzil be'had me'varav, you're not allowed to kill the person. Defending themselves and then the lady miscarriage. So it's instead of saying they're both pursuing each other. But the Torah says, I gotcha. Torah says, Vihi Yinatsu Anashim. When men will fight, which makes it appear as if there's not a pursuer and the pursued, they're going at each other. And as a result, you can't describe it. They're both Rodfin. Exactly. It has to be that there was intention to kill. If there was an intention to kill, then if you took the life of the woman, which the Torah tells us, then if I didn't have intention, I go to ilmi class. Now the Torah says, clearly there was intention to kill. Not to kill these babies, not to kill this woman, but to kill. The Gemara has an opinion in many places. Hayav. The claim of Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, exactly so, is if someone's tunneling in, someone's in my home, in any of those circumstances, if we're to assume that case is a regular Rodef case, we discuss that, you're not allowed to kill them. You need to, it's in a cra- crazy situation. The circumstance I described of last summer, two summers ago, when my wife told me, go downstairs, I hear someone in Jersey, and uh, I, was, I took a baseball bat or whatever we had on the floor. I had to, ironically, assuming Hababa Mahter, it has the same status as Rodif, I had to, there was no one in the house, but I had to, in my mind, be, if I were a halachic Jew in that circumstance, be thinking, can I take this guy's leg out before I slam him in the head? That's, that's the halacha, that's the Bionat HaMichol. I gotcha. As, as, first and foremost, some cases will be clear. If you're from afar, if you're a sniper from afar, I mean, not simple. As, as Nathan Challen pointed out, as Nathan Challen pointed out, this, this was a good point. After, when someone asked such a question, he said, generally speaking, this is going to be playing out in Beit Shilmala. In other words, you're going to come into court and they're going to say to you, no, but we know, based on our analytics, you could have taken out his leg and instead you took out his head. It's uh, going to be a little hard and difficult to, to prove. It's the basis of his claim from a halakha perspective. There will be some objective situations. If you're on your roof and you have a good side of him and you shot him in the head instead of shooting him in the leg, you know, whatever. But the basis of his statement more than anything is that that was an objective the Torah is describing. Indeed, I, you know, I thought Jeffrey's the one who brings us po- politics, but uh, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Says the Gemara, okay, says the Gemara, let's read inside. Now, in explaining that circumstance, says, again, Masut means to fight, the intention clearly of these two fighters is to kill. How do you know? Dichtiv, second circumstance, imason Torah says if they kill the woman, Clearly, the intention of each of these men then is to kill. Nonetheless, the Torah says that if you don't take the life of the pregnant woman, but rather the babies, if there's not a tragedy, quote unquote, to the extent of 
a living person's life who's out in the world. You have to pay money. You have to pay for the babies. If you're to claim, says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, Bishlama, the following would be understood according to this opinion. If you can, instead of taking the life of the pursuer, you can hurt the pursuer, you can damage the limbs of the pursuer, and in that circumstance, if you were to kill them, then you get put to death. In other words, you must take it instead. That's how we'll find, Mishkahat means to find, the Ye'anesh, that you'll find the punishment of money, of financial obligations for killing the babies. It must be the case in the Torah, and Parashat Mishpatim is, where you didn't have to kill these guys in order to get them out of this fight. Rather, if you were to claim, alternatively, says Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul, if instead you were to say that, no, 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 as Stanley suggested, the guys in my house, the guys in the street, kill, just prevent us, you don't need to think twice. Then, if that were the case, how are you going to find a circumstance, a situation in which you'd have to pay money? There's never paying money. The guy has a bullseye on his head, he's a pursuer, he's a rodif. So I was thinking about him, but maybe not. Maybe we can distinguish, and we'll quickly fall off of this, but maybe we can distinguish the principle that underlies and overrides everything we've been discussing is which means to say, if I have two punishments in a single act, what was the situation that I give all the time is there's the fight on the street and you, uh, the guy pulls a trigger on the other and on, ends up killing them, comes to court, he has to give his life for killing the person, but the family also wants him to pay for a dry cleaner and they want him to buy a new suit of the person who kills us. What do you mean? I'm being put to death. I don't have financial obligations, specifically when it's one action. That's the principle. But think about the case I just gave you. The obligations, technically speaking, are coming from the same person. Death penalty because of that guy. Financial obligation because of that guy. Over here in our circumstance of the Torah, fight death penalty, quote-unquote, bullseye on my head because of the man I'm fighting with. I have intention to kill him. As a result, I'm considered a rodef. Financial obligation to the person who, the pregnant woman, the pregnant woman and her babies and her husband. Maybe that's different. Says the Gemara, maybe I should distinguish. You can't prove your point that if from that, excuse me, in the Torah, because I can say that's a regular standard situation. What do you mean? Yeah, that's right. They're fighting with one another and they had intention to kill and uh, you could even kill them. So every, all, the, all the details uh, line up. However, the reason he's paying money is because the financial obligations come from a different address. He's paying it to someone else. Maybe I should distinguish over there. In other words, the only time I say my punishments are subsumed under the higher one is if they're all coming from the same address. Over here, it's two separate addresses. It says the Gemara, Dilma, uh, maybe, this is different, this case is different. There's a death penalty to one, the person I'm fighting with, and there's a financial obligation to another, to the woman, to her husband, who have the, had the babies 
internally. And that's why I have to pay, says the Gemara Lashena. There's no difference. What do you mean there's no difference? That's right, we'll prove to you, based on knowledge of a law that we have, that if in a circumstance where I have that bullseye on my head, why do I have a bullseye on my head? Because I'm pursuing another person, and as a result, my blood is uh, now uh, uh, given to all to spill. And as a result, regardless of whose money I take, Regardless of whose property I damage, I'm going to be patur. That's going to be the halacha. Kamle b'derabamine will extend that far, and as a result, will uphold. Rabbi ben amar rava. After all, rava is the following statement. Rodef shaya rodef ahar havero. If there's a person who's pursuing another, v'shiber etakelim. All right, fascinating, but very relevant to our circumstance. Says rava, if a person's chasing us on Avenue U, Reuven is chasing after she. On, and as he's doing so, he breaks something during the pursuit. Whether Reuven, the pursuer, breaks, he's chasing after him, and as Shimon is being pursued, he put, starts putting out things to block the way, and Reuven comes and he smashes them, or, or he smashes someone else's items. Along this pursuit, or as he's pursuing the person who's the pursuer, the Reuven, breaks the utensils, damages the property of another person, patur irrespective of whether it's Shilnir Daf, the person you're running after, we'll call that the other person in the fight, or anyone else, we'll call that the woman and her husband who was pregnant. Maitama, what's the reason? Mithayev benavshohu. The reason is because you're hayav mita. If you're hayav mita in that moment, you're not going to be liable for financial obligations, period. Chalas. We finished Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul. We now proved, we upheld his opinion that if efshan le'atzil be'echad me'evarav, you must do so. What but situations we, is, that, is that? If you could save it by breaking a limb, you can, as opposed to killing them. What what circumstance will you find like that? You've never, I mean, I, you know, you've never been able to. I, I guess we think in guns today, but you never. The guys are literally any fighting. Any situation, if you could break the leg instead of taking him, it's it's first to the extent that if you didn't, and we could somehow prove it, call it the Nathan police case that we opened up, you know, whatever, we're gonna put you to death for doing so, Lo Alena. Always must, and that's the halacha. What's that? Yeah. It's just a strange situation. Aside from that, what do you want to do? Doesn't change anything. If the Rodef breaks the Keli, Ben Shil Nirdaf, Ben Shil Koladam Patur, Kamle, Bedrabad. Because it was, that's exactly the point. Because we're assuming that in his, pers- in, in his situation, fighting against the other person, you can prevent him from doing so without killing him. If you could do so without killing him, so now he's liable to pay for the kelim. The only reason he's patu from the kelim is because he's hayav mita as he's doing. So not hayav mita, he's hayav lihishabir. Says the Gemara, let's just finish the statement of Rava, because Rava gives us all the situations in which if there's a fight, if there's a pursuer, and there's money on the line, who has to pay, who does. Vinirdaf. What if it's Reuven running after Shimon, but Shimon is the one who breaks the utensils, who breaks the kelim as he's being chased after? Shel Rodef Patur. 
if he breaks the uh, utensils of Reuven. So Reuven owns uh, real estate on Avenue U and he's running after Shimon and Shimon picks up the flower vases outside of the house, outside of the apartment building of uh, Reuven and he throws them at him, he breaks them, whatever the situation is, he's patur. But he passes by my storefront and he grabs the vase and I wasn't involved in this fight, I'm not the Rodef, but then Nadaf, Shimon picks that up and he breaks it. Of course, in order to save his life, Hayav. Why is he Hayav? Well, explains the Gemara. The reason why, if he breaks Reuven's items, he's paturis, as Tosafot explains very briefly, says Reuven's life is taken from him. Reuven, in this moment, the pursuer, we're allowed to kill him. We might be mitzvah to kill him. You're going to tell me with mitzvah, we're allowed to kill him, but we're not allowed to break his utensils. In other words, his money is more valuable than his life. It doesn't make sense. As a result, the Rodef, any of his objects. But what about Koladam? What about if he broke my utensils? You broke my utensils in order to save your life? That's right, Rabbi. Come on, you can't let me off. I can let you off if you want, if I decide to. But that's not part of my responsibilities. The one, let the one chasing him pay. The one beautiful interpretation, Nathan. But the guy is not liable. Come live with the It's a crazy situation. I've, I've taught this in the school, and this is the line everybody gets stuck on. This is the line nobody can understand. They say, "What do you mean? He saved his life by breaking someone else's items, and now he has to pay." That's right. What do you mean? You called me. I was uh, across the globe and you wanted me to save your life. And I traveled across. I spent uh, all my day, for all my week in order. I lost all my business. You don't owe me money for that? I could, I could, rel- I could relinquish it. But ultimately speaking, you owe me for it. Talks explicitly in the Kofi Odalit zone about you have to pay. It's a wonderful thing your friend did for you potentially. What's that? The guy would be Hayav to save. Certainly. So says Judah, the guy is Hayav. Over here, keep in mind, he's just breaking. I'm not the one who's involved, right? So it's, it's kind of without my knowledge, without my consent. If I consent, of course. But I will, I will remind you that the Gemaran Dava'in Gimal, which talked about Mitrahu Megara Gure, ultimately speaking, the bill, the, the invoice gets sent, according to the most mefashim, even over there, to the person whose life was saved. It's fantastic. Now, certainly when the nirdaf is the one who initiates it. Okay, what about virodef rodef Okay, so here's the circumstance. We added a third person to this equation. Reuven is chasing after Shimon, and Levi now comes to save the day by racing after Reuven. So Reuven running after Shimon, Bobby running after Sammy, and Levi, we don't have Levi, do we? Uh, Louis uh, comes in to kill Bobby, who's the pursuer. Uh, but as he's doing so, he breaks utensils. Who breaks them? The Lewis, who's pursuing after Bobby. Ben shel rodef, ben shel medaf, ben shel kol adam patur. Irrespective of who's kelim, he's patur. Now let's break that one down. Rodef, we know why he's patur, if he broke the rodef's kelim. The rodef, he's a rodef. Shelo yehem mamono, haviv alav If you could take his life, you could take his utensils as well. Nirdaf, you're saving his life. You're saving his life. He pays the invoice, that's certainly. What about anyone else? I thought you said you can't just take anyone else's objects. Says the Gemara, 
this is a rabbinic innovation. This is the rabbis did this. How so? Lo hadin. This is not halachically speaking in the most strictest sense true. Again, Lewis now uses the Stanley's items in order to save the life of Sammy as Bobby's running after him. Uh, he should have to pay now. He should have to pay whoever else. He should have to pay Sam, uh, Stanley's stuff. Shim merken. But if you were not to say so, nobody would want to get involved. I'm not getting involved. I see these two people fighting with one another. I now need to take into account my financial restrictions and how much I'm going to have to pay in saving the person's life. I'll stay out of it. Let it, let it just happen. Let it happen. Let me stay out of it. It's not worth my while. I'm, not only, I'm going to endanger myself. I'm going to put my finances at risk as a result. Say the rabbis, in such a circumstance, we're going to deem this situation as the pursuer after the pursuer is patua from any financial obligations. Again, provided that he's doing it in the midst of saving the pursued pursued's life. That's the halakha here in the Gemara. Why did we just mention those last three halachot? Really because we mentioned the initial of Rava. The initial statement of Rava was necessary for us to understand in order to fully flesh out the opinion of Rabbi Yonatan ben Shaul. Alright, that being the case, we have a little bit more to do in the context of Rodef, and then we get into the sugya of Yehareg Avor. So here's the Gemara, the Mishnah told us, if you recall, just a few, maybe eight lines down in the wide lines, Abal Harodef if you recall, the Mishnah had uh, cases where if there's one who's pursuing another, you kill them. What were the cases? If he's pursuing him to kill, if he's pursuing him to rape for homosexual activity, or for as we said. However, said the Mishnah, if it's pursuing an animal for bestiality, terrible, Furthermore, the Mishnah told us if it's a person who's going to be Mahalil Shabbat or Oved Avadazara, says the Gemara Tanya Abiraita, we have a dissenting opinion, a different opinion. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai Omer, Ha'oved Avodat Kochavim. In contrast to our Mishnah, which said that if the person's going to or in the midst of doing Avodazara, you don't take the life of the person who's doing idolatry, who's uh, uh, worshipping Avodah Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's opinion is different. He says you take it even in such a circumstance. What's your logic? What's your, what's your source in the Torah? We had sourcing, if you recall. We had sourcing for the uh, of, uh, of sexual circumstances. What was that? The En Moshiach. As the Torah said, if this person pursuing an Aram or Asan, there's no way to save, so then you need to save. We extended that to all uh, relation circumstances. How did we know that if it's a person who's pursuing another person to murder? We said it's uh, a Hekesh. But over here, a person who's going to do that you put a bullet in their head. Where did you learn that from, Bishimon Bar Yochai? Mikal vahomer. It's a logical deduction. What's your logical deduction? It goes as follows. If pegam, we know that word already from our Gemara several times. Pegam is a reference to a blemish. If in order to save the blemish of an idiot, quote unquote a simpleton, Hazita. We're not really referring to this woman as a simple woman who's about to be raped. We mean simple compared to Gavua, compared to Akadosh Baruch Hu, Each one of us is simple. If in order to prevent the blemish to this woman, you kill the guy, so certainly in order to prevent the blemish to Borei Olam, you kill the guy. What's the blemish to Borei Olam? He's Oved You say, people are going to find out. That's a blemish la Gavua. Of course, the counter, there's two counterclaims. We'll see one in the Gemara. The other counterclaim is 
I says, Borei Olam Kivyachol, my Pegam is okay. You know, handle people's Pegam, mine I can get over. But that's a Bishimon by your highest claim. Says, Interesting question. Says Jeffrey, is this before he did the Avodah Zarah or even as he's doing the Avodah Zarah? The Lashon of the Beraita is Ha'oved Avodah Zarah. It sounds as if it's in the midst of it. It's certainly not after. After you need to take him into court. Until now, we've been discussing only before. Rodef, we said only before. I know over here, it's in the present. It appears as if Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai extends it even into the present moment. Why would you distinguish in the Avodah Zarah context? You'd perhaps argue that, whereas when it comes to Aleno, a woman, once the blemish was affected, we saw it on the bottom of the So then the blemish was affected. The second blemish, we don't really see as a second blemish per se. Maybe Avodah Zarah is different. Maybe they extended every second of the person turning to the idol involved in Abu Dazarah is a continuous blemish to God and as a result that might be why it's mentioned in such a fashion. No, not the Lashon. The Mifashim have a mahlok at how to interpret it. That's I figured they gave you that in the footnote. That's why I thought you I was I was right. Okay, the Peshat is he's about to. The Lashon is Ha'oved. It sounds like that, that's if you know the Lashon, Ha'oved means he's doing it. And there's an yeah, argument. You see him about to do it. That's right. I mean, try to talk him out of it, I guess. But no, if you see him, again, the Lashon is even if he's in the midst of those, so you're saying you, you were on the flip end. You wanted me, if it's before, to give him a chance. All right. Anyway, says the Gemara, but wait a second, Bishimon by Yochai, we can't accept your opinion. Jesse's not here, but AB is. The Gemara, Masech Makotan Dafhe. We saw this, we mentioned it earlier in Dafa'in Gimal, and Dafa'in Bet, maybe it was. And on Minadin, the principle is we don't punish with death penalty based on Logic. There's no explicit pasuk, there's no implicit pasuk in the Torah telling me to kill before the action or during the action the Avodah Zarah guy. Bedin kills him, that I know, that you and me, we see the guy doing Avodah Zarah. It's a logical deduction. You can't make such a logical deduction. We don't do that. The Gemara Makot reminds us that. The Gemara throughout Talmud tells us that. Says the Gemara, that's right. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, much as his personality that we know and love was an iconoclastic one. He's different than everyone else. He's different on this as well, says the Gemara. Yeah, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai disagrees. He thinks that you kill even based on Kalvachom. Our logical deduction, we can determine, of course, in our understanding and system. That's not to say that you and me say, oh, logically speaking, let me kill this. Once we've established in Talmud and Rabbinic thought that this, okay, that can go based on logic. Says the Gemara, Bishimon Bar Yochai had a son. His son, Rabbi Azar, followed in the path of his father in certain ways, especially on this one, Tanya, Rabbi Al Azar, Bishimon Omer. Said, not only the cases we saw in our Mishnah, not only the case my father added on of the person who's Avodah Zarah involvement, but even a person who's Shabbat involvement. Pause for a second. That's a scary thought. You're telling me that any person who sees another doing Avodah Zarah, being Mahalel Shabbat, 
get your shotgun out and put a bullet in it. Crazy thoughts. That's the Rebila Azab Rebishimon. It very much matches the storyline of the Rebila Azab Rebishimon and Bishimon by Yochai that we know about when they emerge from a cave after many years in and they see people involved in wrongful activities and their eyes burn the person who's involved out in the field. Now, that's not to say that they were supposed to be doing so. Of course, they're punished for they're, they're sent back into the cave. I just mentioned it tongue in cheek with a smile in this moment to say, you know, it's not so far fetched that they were doing that. That's their opinion. Now the guy was not that's why they're back in the cave. That's what they would argue. But anyway, I am telling you to be the Azab Rabbi Shimon says even how did he come up with that? Says the Gemara first and foremost he holds like his father. He maintains like his father that that doesn't help me for Shabbat. Kavahome goes as follows. I know the counterclaim. I said it, but I'll tell you the claim. The claim is if... Your counterclaim is Boreolam. That's a pigam. That's your counterclaim? Yeah. All right, but we do care about God's honor. We're, we do care about God's honor, but the person, I'm going to kill the person. He's dead. Can God protect his honor? This guy... I, I hear you. I hear you. But we are going to talk about in the in the ensuing lines of the Gemara right after this, and for good reason. That's the segue into it. And the Gemara doesn't speak it out. There are three cases that even you agreed to, Jared, in which Nitan uh, Hatsilobin Afshok quote unquote for Bore Olam. What are those? You need to give your life for quote the honor of God in all those circumstances. So I think you admit to those cases. You admit to those cases. I get it. I get it. I get it. But the point, I, you're right. You're right. But ultimately speaking, Bishimon Bar Yochai, his vision is that guy, not you yourself, but that guy is desecrating God's name to that extent. You take him. That's what says the Gemara. Savala ke'avuar bil azab Bishimon maintains like his father that the amara onshim min hadin, which means to say, based on. Determining based on logic to kill, he says, uh, and in turn, Shabbat, we bring Shabbat, it's what's called the Gezerah Shabbat. The Torah uses an identical or a similar word in two places, and has the Lashon of Hilul by Avodazarah. and Shabbat are linked one to the other with Gezerah Shabbat to tell you the same way that by Avodazarah, so too by. Shabbat That finishes our conversation with regards to Hatzalat Nafsho Shel Rodef. We talked about it in the Mishnah, we talked about it in the Gemara, we talked about it through these Beraitot. The Gemara now begins, as I mentioned to Jared a moment ago, the Sugya of Yehareg Vel Ya'avor. From here, the middle of Ayin Dalet Amud Aleph, all the way through the end of the Perek on Ayin He Amud Aleph, that's what our discussion will be. Of course, it'll be the initial principle and then the derivatives of it. Let's begin it now. We'll begin it now for two minutes. Says the Gemara, Amar Biyohanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon Ben Yehosadak. The statement of Rabbi Yohanan in, in turn in the name of Rabbi Shimon is nimnu. Nimnu minyan. They counted up. There was a vote. Anytime the Gemara uses this lashon, which is rare, it means this is an important principle. They needed to vote on this. They were setting prince, they were setting principles with regards to proper conduct and approach that's going to be relevant at some point or another, and people need to know it. What is it? Vigamru, and they studied, they learned. So they counted up the people, voted on this matter after they learned and determined. Ba'aliat bit nitz. 
Nitza Belot, it happened to have been in the place, it's called an Aliyah, in the attic place of Nitza, Rashi says it's the name of a person, in Lod, it's the name of a place, it's where the airport is today in Israel. Anyway, what they determined there in the household, in the attic, the study hall of Nitza, Kol Averot Shabbat Torah, generally speaking, 610 mitzvot in the Torah, Imomrim Adam Avor Ve'al Tehareg, Ya'avor Ve'al Yehareg. If, it, if, you, if someone turns to you with a gun in hand, with the, uh, with the threat of, de- of death, eat not kosher, be mehalil Shabbat, and so on and so forth, or I put the bullet in your head, what do you do? You do the sin. In all those circumstances, you do the sin, Ya'avor Ve'al Yehareg. The principle we'll see in the Gemara's, the Torah says, live by it, you don't die. You live for the mitzvot, for the Torah, for your service of God, instead of dying. Except for, and here's the important part, the following three, idolatry, pagan practice, sexual wrongful relations, and taking the life of another. And those three, we'll call them the cardinal sins, those three are the exceptions to the rule. And each of those, if a person puts a gun to your head and says, do avodah zarah shevichut amim take the life of another gilui arayot sleep with this forbidden woman in each of those circumstances you take the bullet instead of doing the sin very briefly what if in the other 610 you took the bullet instead of doing the sin what's the status in such a circumstance Tosafot masechet avodah zarah daf kafzayin amud bed says you have the ability to do so you're allowed to do so this is a principle of whether you need to do so. You're allowed to do so on the other six ten. Says Harambam at the very onset of Ilchot Yesodei Torah, Perek Alf Alacha Alf. If a person does so, Mitchayev Ben Avsho, he did the wrong thing. God's gonna t- take account of it. What? Vahaybayim, it's a mitzvah. Tosafot says you could you could decide to do this. Says Harambam, Mitchayev Ben Avsho, you certainly could not, should not, and will not do so. Baruch Adonai Le'Olam. Amen. Amen.